That's the jingle. Man, man, Bob Dylan, stand aside, brother. I love you, Bob, but stand aside. Here we come. Anyway, so is that good or not? Don't say, don't answer. I can sing as well. Yeah, beautiful. (laughs) Here we go. I can start singing. Here we go. Okay, we may take you up on the end here. So plastic soup surfer. A rock and roll, man. Here we go. We got it. Oh, super. We've heard it. It's Tuesday night, and tonight we have. The plastic soup surfer, Marine, here with us. Welcome. Welcome, plastic <laughs> soup surfer. Here we are. Very good. Finally, finally, we have. We, we're gonna keep. Uh, I should get a beer. I should go get a beer. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this one is not forbidden. Okay, actually. well, we always have one. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but it's great that you're here tonight. Um, and uh, as we already discussed in the, before hitting the record button at uh, Plastic Climate Future, we engage into around topics around sustainability, circularity with plastics. And uh, of course, the main goal is to foster the dialogue and uh, create the awareness um, between different groups of stakeholders. So as, as we discussed, industry, regulators, general public. Because we believe that driving these conversations will also drive solutions. Um, and uh, from what I've heard so far and what I've read so far and uh, what I've learned so far about the plastic soup surfer, that's uh, this awareness creation is something that is also part of your motivation. Um, but before diving deeper into the details of the story behind the plastic soup surfer, tell us who is Marine as a person? What is your background? And yeah, maybe what what motivated you to 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 become active in the field of sustainability? Feel free, lay down on the sofa if you need to. Tell <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, I'm a biologist, or I studied biology in. Um, uh, in Leiden, I saw him from the Netherlands. Uh, Leiden, uh, the Netherlands, studied biology, um, became a teacher after my bio- biology studies. Uh-huh. And after a few years, um, uh, thought, you know, uh, this is not for me. The teaching was great, but thought, you know, I have this dream. And my dream was to go uh, surfing for a whole, uh, for as long as possible for a an entire uh, summer. So I got on a bike and I, I cycled from like the, for my sabbatical before starting real serious work. Uh, I thought, you know, let me go find, go soul searching. And I got on a bike and I cycled from the Netherlands to, um, to Morocco, which is 4,000 kilometers of cycling <laughs> to get there with a kite, with a kite surfing board, which uh-huh. just was invented. Uh, kite surfing was a new sport and I kite sur- and I, and I cycled to uh, Morocco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I was there, uh, I, I didn't really want to go back to uh, work. Of course, only surfing is very boring. Uh, so, uh, I thought, you know, I want to become a, a visual artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was on the Moroccan beaches, so I thought, you know, I'm not going to go back to uh, just sitting behind a computer and uh, 
in an office. So I thought, you know, I'm going to become an artist. And I got on my bike and I cycled back to uh, the Netherlands, <laughs> which was another 3,000 kilometers. And I sort of become a, became a, um, uh, an artist by uh, illegally placing my sculptures in the, in, in the city of Leiden where I lived. So we made these sculptures with this gang. First, we did that like anonymously, illegally. Um, but that really, that really taught me how to, uh, to campaign because I had no campaigning experience. So we, you know, I was with these guys and we came in contact with the media, of course, but also the authorities and the mm. municipality. And, um, um, and then, well, I was surfing a lot. And at a certain point, I started seeing, so this is like 10 years, nine years ago, uh, I started seeing that plastic on my beach, you know. Mm, mm. I, I, it, it had been there. It had been there, of course, for, for, for decades, but I sort of started seeing it. And I thought, you know, I'm going to make a surfboard from that, uh, from, the, from the plastic I, I clean up from the beach. And I took an iron rod and a, and a gas torch and I sort of melted that together into this, uh, well, sort of a log, plastic log of a board. Um, and uh, to enhance that statement, I, I surfed it from, um, from Belgium to, um, so that board was really heavy. And when I came on the beach, you know, the, the guys on the beach said, you know, you're going to surf that, you're, you're crazy, you know, you can't, you can't surf that. But, well, I surfed it from, I did this, this uh, record attempt surfing it from, uh, Belgium to uh, to Germany, or that was the plan. But the board was far too heavy, and uh, after three days, I, I I had a fever, and uh, yeah, my 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 hands were were open, and, and my shin, and 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 I had you know injuries all over, and I had to uh, uh, abort. Really, just sort of really fell off the board on the, just collapsed on the beach actually, and uh, that was. Well, no record. I didn't get any record. Uh, I didn't. I didn't make it. But uh, it gave me the nickname of the plastic soup surfer, and that's where it sort of uh, took off. Were, were you uh, when you were doing that at the beginning, Maureen? Were, were you consciously aware of 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 uh, kind of uh, what what ultimately came became uh, kind of to symbolize everything that you're about or, 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 or was it something that you began to realize after you did this, like, wow, uh, what I did really created uh, incredible awareness uh, regarding plastic because of this connection to this surfboard made of plastic waste. I had no expectations at all when I started out. It was, you know, it, my, my passion, my drive was, was the surfing. You know, and, and, and just, yeah, it was a surfing as well. It was like, you know, you have people that go run up hills and they say, you know, support me. And uh, and uh, I, everything you support, I, I give to this cancer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like, like something like that. And this felt like the same thing. And I had no expectations at all yeah. uh, starting yeah. out, you know, just being, you know, I was I was working because like, well, you don't earn that much money as a, as a visual artist, of course. So I had mm -hmm. these side jobs. I was working this side job and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had no expectation of that whole trip. Mm -hmm. And, and um, it, is, it is that trip that actually taught me that, um, well, taught me, first of all, taught me a whole lot about plastic, plastic pollution. And back then, 10 years ago, 
you could pick up your phone and you'd call everybody involved in plastic mm-hmm. with uh, all the NGOs within, within, uh, within an afternoon. You, mm-hmm. you, it's, there, there were no initiatives back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also it taught me, you know, what, what, what types of plastics actually melt? What mm-hmm. types of plastics are there? Because I just mm-hmm. took them from the beach and I had mm-hmm. to shred yeah. them, find out yeah. what types of plastic mm-hmm. there were. Found out that, you know, this is a real big complex word world started calling up all these plastic companies like you know infusion what if i bring my plastic to you can you like infuse it into a board i said no don't bring that <laughs> filthy <laughs> trash to our place you know we can't do anything with that so you know it taught me a whole lot but most importantly looking back after well after 10 years looking back what what it told me is if you do a campaign you can do an awareness campaign but if you don't have like uh, a real call to action, or if you have a real uh, uh, something people can do, um, mm. it just stays at, at, at a certain awareness yeah. level yeah. and nobody nobody cares. Yeah. And doom and gloom is not how you get people to go along uh, mm. with your with your stories. So, well, I just hit on this, this well, uh, sea surfing and the plastic pollution, which, well, uh, really fitted uh, me. Uh, uh, but also fitted in, within this story. So that's, for me, it was really the start of the plastic um, uh, soup surfer. And it's only after that that it became political. And I got to talk to all these uh, CEOs of all these uh, companies in the, in the campaigns I did mm-hmm. after that. So, so what are you doing now as, as a plastic soup surfer? So you, you, you call it now an organization. Is it an activist organization or, or is it a one-man organization? Uh, and, and what are your goals and achievements so far? Yeah, so what I'm doing now as a plastic soup surfer, I'm, I'm campaigning for mm-hmm. uh, reusable cups opposed oh, yeah. to disposable uh, mm-hmm. cups. Mm-hmm. And I still do that uh, um, or uh, I've learned uh, through all these campaigns that you should uh, focus on the policymakers. Mm-hmm. And when you do a campaign, you should get uh, to talk to um, the state secretary and, uh, well, mm-hmm. Frans Timmermans, uh, the, the, the EU commissioner, uh, mm-hmm. for instance. And we had them. So he was in Ghent when I came by with, mm-hmm. my, with my board made from disposable cups. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, that's those are all connections I've I've. Uh, attained in the in the last over the last uh, few years, mm-hmm. um, but that all started with yet another surfboard made mm-hmm. from uh, from plastic bottles. This time from plastic bottles, which I uh, surfed from uh, Scheveningen, which is in the Netherlands, to to uh, England. So that's like two hundred kilometers. How long did it well, take? I planned back then uh, a kite foiling, so with uh-huh. a foil yeah. underneath your board. That was like totally new in 2016 and I sort of planned you know if I have this if I have a foil I know how mm-hmm. to foil I can build a board in pretty much any shape because you know the, the foil will lift me yeah, out of the yeah, water yeah. so I thought you know I'll, I'll, I'll build a board made like in the shape of a plastic bottle made from plastic bottles in the shape of a plastic bottle mm-hmm. and I and can surf that within six hours I thought you know don't need that much wind I'll be able to surf those 200 kilometers within uh, uh, six hours. Mm-hmm. We thought maybe we were like even optimistic, maybe five hours if we really mm-hmm. uh, speed it up, right? But uh, well, it became a huge campaign. We had two security boats and everything. And so 
uh, the moment we had to decide, because, well, you, you can't really predict the weather in advance. Uh, as you know, surfers, you know, <laughs> it's only two or three days in advance that you can sort of predict this. As, but we had three days, it was like just too short for the whole campaign uh, and all the media we wanted to get. Because what, what our idea was, we wanted, I wanted to deposit some small plastic bottles in the Netherlands. Now, mm-hmm. plastic mm-hmm. bottles in the Netherlands, this was a hot topic that had been debated over over decades, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you had the conservative and the pro- progressive parties lined up against uh, each other, like a trench war, mm-hmm. political trench trench war, and always about you know uh, how to get deposits uh, uh, in, in implemented, um, uh, and these huge egos uh, within within uh, supermarkets and, and, and soda companies, which, well, put their mm. foot down, which didn't want deposits in their supermarkets. Um, so I built this board for, from plastic bottles, uh, and we surfed, well, I tried to surf that from, from saving it to, to England, but, uh, well, the, the conditions were really rough uh, seas because we didn't, well, we had to, uh, we had to take off, but there was just too much wind. Um, uh, I, I, I sailed into a, a, a ghost net whilst I was going. Wow. Once we got to sea the other side, mm-hmm. you know, we were so really rough seas, took much too long, seven hours. I get to see uh, the other side. I actually see the horizon um, and the wind completely drops. So uh, I had to have to hang on to the, to the security boat. And uh, when the wind comes back, um, I still have to surf another hour. And so we reached the other uh, end after nine hours of, of well, struggle, <laughs> as you can say, uh, and another record attempt. Uh, uh, well, no, no, no record, of course, because I held on to that uh, boat. But of course, it wasn't about the record attempt. It was about this petition and about um, uh, uh, deposit on small plastic bottles. And this whole record attempt was a, it was a start, the kickoff to a petition for plastic bottles on, or for deposits on plastic bottles. And we got 60,000 signatures with that. And that's when, that's actually when things started to change Mm -hmm. because uh, that's when it became political. That's when this was a campaign that had a very specific call to action and was also political. And because it was political, it was also financial. And that's when in a very short period of time, I, I, a whole network, all these people opened their networks for me. So, mm. you know, I'd have a radio interview and I'd have, uh, after the radio interview, I'd have all these people from, uh, from companies, but also politicians mm-hmm. call me up and, uh, uh, just and- come up to me because they felt, you know, something is going to something in the air and that's going to change. And then, um, when and I now went you up have to Plastic Parliament, Climate Future calling you up. I mean, so so that's even bigger. It's <laughs> <laughs> a biggie, yeah. Continue. No, Continue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Continue. No, 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 no. But no, no. But the thing, I, I, you know, I don't mean to brag. You know, the thing is, the thing is, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that um, I, I know so many people that uh, really want to change things, mm-hmm. and, and I get. Mm, countless yeah. emails of people saying, you know, uh, please help me with this. Uh, you know, I want to, we want to change this. Uh, have a look at that. Uh, you know, can't we do a campaign on this? I guess what it's about is that when you do a campaign is that you really have an, ha- that you, 
you ha- you have you have to have the right timing. You need to be mm-hmm. at the right spot mm-hmm. in the right place, know the right people. And I guess I was lucky to to mm-hmm. have all that uh, coming together mm-hmm. together with that surfboard and uh, yeah. Um, uh, but and it takes perseverance. Of course, you need to you need to keep on going. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I start, you know, I surfed across to England, and I was naive. I thought, you know, I've done this. I've been on national television. Been mm-hmm. been on the BBC. When I come back in the Netherlands, so next day we had to well sail back, uh, of course, on a security boat. But still, we had to to get back to the Netherlands. I was like, you know, now I've done this. I'm going to see when I come back. I'll probably have. 20,000 signatures already. And it was only 1,500, you know? Mm-hmm. Took me mm-hmm. another five months to get all these people mm-hmm. to uh, sign that petition, mm-hmm. even though everybody wants it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I guess, well, that's part of the perseverance that you, you got to keep uh, uh, ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I can interject and then let Matt take over here. Uh, I mean, I think, I think, uh, the, uh, um, yeah, the 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 perseverance is 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 pays off, and and I think it's it's from my perspective, my humble perspective. The good news is is I think that the ground, in terms of the the ground from the the industry, is such that that uh, all ears, in a certain sense, uh, to help solve problems, you know, and, and I think. Uh, uh, I remember growing up, my dad used to say this, you know, uh, I don't know uh, how you translate it to Dutch, if there's a, probably a Dutch equivalent uh, idiom phrase, but my dad used to say, don't, don't let, don't let, uh, don't make perfect the enemy of the good. It, it, for me, in my application, uh, don't, don't, uh, don't demand a pristine solution at all costs. That's maximalist. Uh, learn to work with stakeholders to move, you know, see it as a, you know, a, it, an American football game, move the ball forward, you know? So anyway, sorry, exactly. That's in, take over. No, but that's the whole thing. You know, that's the whole thing. That's what we did as well. When we, so I, so, so I had these 60,000 signatures. I went up to parliament. I've talked to all these. So my network was growing, talking to all these politicians in advance before I went to parliament. I talked to everybody, mm-hmm. talked to, uh, uh, all the people, all the, all the, the industry, yeah. On the one hand, I've talked to all, so I knew what the interests were within yeah. that space, and then uh, I was I was aided. I had these mentors. I, I used to call with all these people, and it, it rings true because what we tried, what we did, was we said, you know, we don't want deposits for cans and bottles. No, we want deposits. No, it, it, it was different. I so what I did was I wrote my own resolution. I wrote my own mm-hmm. resolution, like formal words, same formal words, um, and it's and it read: we uh, uh, we urge the government ninety percent reduction of uh, littered bottles in our streets within three years. So ninety percent reduction. So the whole world word deposits was not in that in my resolution, and it was not about cans. So it was only about bottles, only about plastic, which. Mm-hmm a few years ago started being a hot topic uh, and it was not about cans mm-hmm. and it was about reduction. And that made all these politicians sign that uh, resolution. So we knew it was like the first step. Mm-hmm. It was only one step, but because all interests, I guess I, we had all these interests combined, we could make that uh, step. 
Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what you also always should look for mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, so that resolution was adopted by Parliament, the Plastic Scoop Surfer Resolution, and that was the, the basis to policy afterwards. Um, but after that, I went to, with a bailiff, I went up to these CEOs of supermarkets and, mm-hmm. and soda companies, and where I always thought that it was Coca-Cola pushing back deposits, it wasn't Coca-Cola pushing back deposits. It was the supermarkets. And that to me, you know, that was, that was new. And, wow. and that divide, those, in, that, those different interests in what from the outside might seem like one army, mm-hmm. uh, there was a divide. And, and we used that to, to well, to, to divide them. Yeah, to divide them and, and use the information from them to go back to these these politicians that made uh, um, uh, the policy, that wrote, that, that actually write the policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I mean, the policy is still not perfect, uh, but, uh, well, we, we will have cans. We can, can, they, they did the same thing for cans uh, a year later, you know. Once uh, it was decided that uh, uh, there would be deposits on, on small plastic bottles, then cans really uh, followed uh, quickly after that, because, you know, it's, it's, it's the most logical mm-hmm. and everybody feels it's logical. Mm-hmm. And we knew that in advance, you know, if they do deposit, if they, we just, it's, we will break their wall with small plastic mm-hmm. bottles. But after that, uh, there's no turning back. What is the status in the Netherlands today? I mean, do, is there, is there a deposit return system there for, for plastic? I mean, sorry for my ignorance. Yeah. I should know this. No, 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 no. So last, last summer, uh, deposits were introduced on plastic yes. bottles, mm-hmm. and that has led to a reduction of littered plastic bottles of 80%, 80% in, mm-hmm. in urban areas, 86%. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's only for water and soda bottles. So there's a uh, few exceptions like uh, bottles that, that contain uh, juices mm-hmm. or, or uh, 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 milk-type uh, products. Well, and I guess... Uh, and and cans are cans are coming up uh, end of this end of this uh, year thirty first of uh, uh, December. But it's funny because I live in Germany and we have this since. That's very normal. I don't know it's like ten maybe ten years already that they started and yeah. and the deposit is like for plastic bottles it's twenty five cents. So it's really it makes it makes a difference if you just okay one you might throw away exactly. but then if you throw away like four or five then you think about it okay well this mm-hmm. was. And then yeah. it was, as you just said, it was first only on um, carbonated drinks, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and now it's all on all plastic bottles. Any doesn't matter exactly. if it's juice or carbonated. Um, mm-hmm. And this one works, I think, pretty well because, of course, the the infrastructure had to follow, the shops had to follow, but this was done really by uh, by regulatory means. So I think this is. In in some cases, there is a good strategy to, as you just said in the beginning, to really address first those policymakers. Well, it, it was it was a combination, of course. It was all the people that already wanted it, and we harnessed that power yeah. that, that, through that petition. And then we went up to uh, uh, the legislators, mm-hmm. and then they can't uh, ignore you. But I guess there's a few things about deposits. You know, first of all, it's high quality recycling, which always rings, which always sounds good. Then, of course, there's uh, no litter or less, a whole lot less litter. Uh, but thirdly, it's, you know, it's, it's responsibility 
you put the responsibility where the responsibility belongs with the producers of those products. And also you have like real EPR, EPR, uh, extended producer responsibility. Exactly. And of course you also have this behavioral change. And I guess it's about behavioral change. You know, you have people that really have to, uh, they become aware of the fact that what they're handling, that plastic they're handling has like a second life if you bring it back, you know? So uh, to me, deposit is like deposit fee system, return system is mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it it's that systemic change that we need. It's yeah, yeah it's really, uh, it's really. not the, uh, the end of pipe uh, uh, solution of just cleaning up the beach the way I started back then. You know, by showing people if you you know we can make a surfboard from stuff you make from beach, but uh, it was like yeah, it's an end of pipe uh, uh, message. Something I want to say, I mean, uh, what you're talking about, Maureen, uh, um, uh, about a month and a half, maybe two months ago, Matt, you can let me know, sir. Uh, we, we had the company Tomra uh, on, on yeah, our Tomra. Yeah. yeah, Tomra. I know mean, them. they're the pioneers of reverse vending, you know. We've seen there also um, interdisciplinary engagement. So they're not working in their own fields and, you know, just developing the technology to make better machines to sort, but they're really also talking to the different stakeholders from policymakers yeah. and also brands, uh, manufacturers of different products. So to really understand how, how to drive the systemic change as well. I think this was a very good keyword, what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you have, because it, this was yeah, 2017, 2018, now we're in 2022. Um, do you think the the awareness has changed? Is it now easier for you to to create attention? Um, not only because, of course, you you are, you have a growing brand and you know publicity and so on, but also because the the being open to these topics um, is now much more pronounced than uh, five years ago. Yeah, sure. Well, there's a lot of more uh, awareness. There's, there was a point in, in 2018 when, mm-hmm. when Franz Simmons came with the single-use plastics directive uh, when I thought, you know, uh, I'm not needed anymore. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's uh, my awareness, my, my, my message of awareness. Uh, I, don't have to, uh, I don't have to go out anymore and, and talk to anybody. But everybody knows uh, about plastic. So, yeah, we had to reinvent ourselves. You know, this uh, we really had to, uh, yeah, think of new ways and 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 new new messages. You know, we are now much more uh, focused on a throwaway culture. We mm-hmm. see plastic as a catalyst of a throwaway society, throwaway culture. In July, I built this board made from from disposable cups, an electrical foil board. And I foiled that uh, from from um, Brussels uh, to Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and uh, that was all to promote reusable yeah, plastic, yeah. reusable uh, cups, uh, for instance. So this is something I guess a few years ago we couldn't have done. And this afternoon, for instance, I was um, I did this presentation for Pre Zero, which is a yeah, really yeah. Uh, yes. big no, yeah, uh, yeah Pre Zero. So there's uh, like a, a waste uh, waste uh, sorting and, and collecting. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, company and they were doing a uh, so they invited me for this uh, cure event so so all the hospitals 
So 13% of all waste we have uh, in the Netherlands is actually from hospitals, 13%, so 1-3%. And um, you see hospitals. So, And of course, it's a, uh, what comes from hospitals is either it's medical stuff, but most of it, uh, a lot of that uh, can be replaced by reusable or sterilizing stuff or just by making sure uh, that it's uh, a monomaterial, for instance. And so, and and COVID has done this for us. You know, it was COVID that that made it so tangible for, I guess, everybody uh, to see all this uh, uh, personal uh, hygienic wear, so the, the 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 mouth the mouth masks and and the gloves, but also for the for the uh, hospitals themselves. You know, and and I guess it's these changes that are needed mm-hmm. and. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that this awareness is taking me is, is taking taking us as a society to all these um, places where before now we we never talked about plastic because we all felt you know it has uh, a certain it has it, it has its function and we cannot we cannot recycle that for instance. Well, well I'm going to interject here, then turn it over to Matt to, uh, to 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 close us down and get us get Matt. We need not two songs from this guy. We need four or five. <laughs> yeah, but what I want to say here is is uh, you have a lot of fellow travelers out there uh, for what you're doing uh, and 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 what you what you've done uh, like it, what you've done, but more importantly, what you're doing. Uh, and, and I, uh, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just want to say thank you for, 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 for doing that. I mean, you, you, you know, when you started out on this, you may not have realized what you're doing, but it sends a little ripple out there to, to, to make some change, you know, and for me coming from industry, um, I said to you, I think I can't remember if we were recording or not, you know, but it was like these protests from from uh, uh, you know a new waiver uh, et cetera that that helped me at a certain point in time to, to be sensitized to the problem that you see right in front of you. So so this is so important, uh, and it, and it's not what you've just done, but what you're doing and what you will continue to do. And I want to talk with you about that offline. So. I don't. I don't feel that. I, I thank you. Thank you for all your kind words. But uh, you know, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that way at all. It's just. You know, I, 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 we started, I started out, you know, like I said, I started out without expectations. And I feel, I still feel the same way, you know, still feel yeah. like I'm on that surfboard made from, from, from plastic waste, which is uh, way too heavy. And uh, yeah. you're in this uh, endless uh, adventure. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's a very strong message. Um, I think before we wrap, wrap up, I have two more questions. Um, one, because you just mentioned it, that plastics is kind of a catalyst for this take, make, uh, waste mentality uh, or culture. Um, and we kind of argue that it's not specifically plastic. I think it's just the way people value plastic. Because as you said, you also showed it that if you want to change the mindset and you can show that you can use this waste in, in the plastic waste to do a new product or to do, you know, reuse it and have new applications. And also with the deposit system, you kind of show the real value of these materials. And then, um, and then it's being also treated differently by, by, by society and, and might change actually the, the, 
the way we we the, the relationship of of uh, society or or general public to to these type of materials. Do you think it is necessary to educate more on on the value of of these materials so that people start to understand that using a plastic bag for you know five minutes from the grocery store to home cannot really relate to the to the uh, resources that have been used to make this plastic? Let me tell you a story. If you buy a cup of coffee mm -hmm. in a, in a, in a uh, train station, you pay, you can get a 25 cent reduction if you take your own cup. Okay. 25 cent reduction. We're going to change this with the single-use plastics directive. You will have to pay 25 cents extra for the You're cup. Not, yeah. Mm. 25 cents, right? Yeah. But your, your coffee is already 350. It already, it already costs you like 350 on the go. It's yeah. like crazy expensive. Is this 25 cents going to change anything? Do I think this is going to change? No, it's not going to change anything. Mm -hmm. 25 cents, like a lot of money, right? It's not going to change anything because people just want that coffee and they want the ease of that. Yeah. So if we, so educating people on value of things uh there's so many there is so many problems out there if i need to be educated on all the things that are out there in abstract and non-abstract uh you know I, i won't even get out i wouldn't have the time to go out to get the mm -hmm. coffee mm -hmm. <laughs> on the go no what we should do is make the norm yeah, this yeah. is about change and about norms mm -hmm. this is about how we go about things and regulation is very important in this. So what we need is to facilitate the fact that if you're in a, we, should, it, we can make a, a disposable cups forbidden this very moment, and we won't have to sell one cup of coffee less in the streets because all the systems for reusable cups are there. Yeah. We should make sure that this is the norm. Yeah. That's what this is all about. And regulation is very important. And as long as Plastic is always the cheapest and the easiest choice yeah. and the norm is not there and we see other people do the same thing. Who are you to, to, to go mm -hmm. buy the more expensive mm -hmm. uh, uh, option, which is also a lot less easy mm -hmm. if you see all the people around you doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, education, uh, of course, knowledge, being knowledgeable is, is important. Uh, but mm -hmm. I guess that's how I started The awareness, me on my board, making a board from plastic without no call to action, it doesn't change uh, anything. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, one, one last question. Before we come to our last question, um, can you tell us, or do you already have plans for your next trip? <laughs> is, there, is there something? Uh, I, I do, I do, but uh, they change like, you know, uh, okay. if I tell you now, <laughs> if, you then, like it, weather, if yeah. I have a podcast uh, in a half, uh, half uh, uh, six months, uh, it's probably uh, something okay. different. No, like I said, you know, it's, uh, it, it has, you have to feel the momentum. You have to feel like the energy. Uh -huh. You have to have the right people around you because people need to, yeah. you know, I, I can't really pay them. It's not like, like I, I'm working with volunteers. So it's uh -huh. like a really organic thing. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, then uh, thanks a lot. We have one more question, which is very important. Very important. This is actually the, the, the most important question. Because we have 
a plastic climate future playlist that we fill with uh, songs from our guests. That's what uh, John mentioned already. And we usually ask them to to name two or three songs, or yeah, one or two songs. That's also fine. Um, which kind of connect either to the person or to the podcast or to their activities or simply are two cool songs that uh, our guests want the world to listen to. Do you, wow. do, you, do you have wow. some? Uh, uh, songs that other people would like to listen to as well, I guess. Not necessarily. No, I don't no. Know. Not necessarily. No, no. Just songs from you, brother. You're, uh, as a surfer. I don't know. I don't know. What I don't you, know. I don't what's know. playing in your head when you're surfing, man? What's going on? That's what we want to hear. Uh, Bring, it well. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I used to, I used to, when I was uh, a teenager, I used to listen to hip hop uh, a lot, like cool. uh, East Coast, East Coast, uh, East Coast hip hop. That's what I used to, uh, East Coast rap. That's what I used to listen yeah. to a lot. But also, uh, was it my ice, sound, ice but, tea and stuff? Was it East Coast? No, that's West, that's, West West Coast. Uh, that's West Coast. No, no, this is like EPMD. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about that. Okay, we will Wu-Tang Clan and stuff like that. Yeah. And also what I what I listen to now from time to time is like more uh jazz like bebop stuff. So uh, yeah. I, I I was in I was in uh, uh Togo, sorry, in for my studies I was in Togo and I had this one cassette. That's mm-hmm. how old I am. I had this one cassette uh, with me and that was uh Charles Mingus. Charles Mingus, uh, yeah. Peter Contropus Erectus. So that's like the <laughs> first man. It, it, that's the title. And you know, I, I just saying this title, I hear all those uh, riffs again. It's a, wow. it's one of the greatest albums there is. Uh, well, you know, uh, Charles you know. Mingus, Peter Contropus Erectus, and it's like you know, you listen to that and you're blown out of your your chair. But wow. maybe that's I only for never... me because I sort of have this like Togo West Africa vibe wow. uh, as I listen to it. Well, I've never I have never heard of what you just mentioned there. Marine, so so you have <laughs> Charles Mingus. You've never heard of Charles heard Mingus. Of Charles Mingus. Yeah. I have not. I no. have not. I mean, uh, I'm I'm from Peter Contropus Erectus. No, he yeah. is American. He's an American. Yeah, but I'm from uh, Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas. Sixties. Okay. Sixties <laughs> bass player. Like jazz, John. He's, he's, he's jazz, John. Yeah, it's very yeah. famous, but it's jazz. He's genius. He's genius. Yeah. I'm going to investigate this. All right. Yeah. All right. So this is one song. Do you have another one? Which is close to your mind. Uh, 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 hip hop, hip hop. This East Coast hip hop. This sounds good. This sounds... <laughs> okay. So uh, EPMD, the joint, the joint. Okay. EPMD, the right. joint. D A joint. Uh, as in, and of as course, in a location. <laughs> sorry. You like, mean yeah. as in a location? <laughs> and, okay. and and what I also like is the JBs the JBs their their albums they're great like the JBs was like the band uh, James Bo- uh, James uh, James Brown's band yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and they, they were called the JBs but they made their own music as well <laughs> <laughs> 